the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Do really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Daniel Harris, Terry Reed, and Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we're going to talk about the young moons in our solar system. Each one of the, the celestial bodies shows a surprisingly amount of evidence that indicates they're young. They were formed in the way the Bible says. The Bible infers from the reading that this Earth is something in the neighborhood of 6,000 to less than 15 thousand years old. And yet we have the evolutionists, the mainline thinking that the solar system in our Earth is 4.6 billion years old. And yet we have many indications from around the solar system that this may not be true. Io, a moon of Jupiter, is the most volcanically active body in our solar system. And this can be seen as strong evidence for a recent age, not an age of billions of years. Now, Dr. Harris, what would the evolutionists say about Io being so volcanically active? Because it should be old, cold, and dead if it is 4.6 billion years old. They try to explain it by orbit being slightly eccentric and therefore the distance between Io and Jupiter being slightly variable, which changes the tides. The tides go as the cube of the distance between them, and so it doesn't take a lot of variation in distance to produce a substantially different tide. The problem that we have is that the eccentricity of Io's orbit is small. The best calculations that have been done for the last 40 years or so suggest that it is not possible to produce enough heating by this tidal mechanism in order to explain why Io has so much volcanism. Physics and the mathematics simply don't work out on that. Now, interestingly, Io is not the only moon that shows this. The next moon out, Europa, goes around Jupiter precisely once every two orbits of Io, which means that every second orbit, Io and Europa fall into alignment. This is what's known as orbital resonance. Now, that means that the gravitational forces on Io are constantly shifting and changing, and some people say that if Io has just the right makeup of water underneath and everything else, that this could give the title smashing and weaving to allow it to do. But again, these are all secondary assumptions. Well, astronomers make French beaucoup models, <laughs> many models. And one astronomer will make one model, and then two or three years later, somebody else will come up with another model, and they don't seem to generally harmonize with each other as to, as to what the solution is. And that's... Th- 
the nature of speculation, and that's what it is. These are speculations that are done with the help of computers. Computers are notorious for what they call GIGO, garbage garbage in, garbage garbage out. (laughs) If you put garbage in, you get garbage out. And GIGO is something that the astronomers and the other scientists seem to not really be aware of. They don't realize that you have to put in really good, really, really, really good data in order to get out anything that is worth talking about. Another answer that they come up with about this is that, well, maybe the cores of these planets have a lot of heavy radioactive material, which would give them the heating. This, again, is a questionable secondary assumption. Now, Carl, you had some stuff on a moon around Saturn, Enceladus. What was that? Well, Enceladus was found to have a geyser shooting up 6,000 miles above its surface of water. Now, that's strange in and of itself. It has liquid water, and it's shooting it up 6,000 miles from a planet that's only like about 350 miles in diameter. Hmm. And it's been shown to be a continuous eruption since it was discovered by the Cassini satellites about 20-some years ago and was verified by the James Webb Space Telescope just briefly. So their theory is that this has been happening so long that it's actually produced a number of the rings of Saturn, which they also say, oh, by the way, the rings of Saturn are relatively young. They're only a few hundred million years old and have been produced by Enceladus's geyser in some degree. Now, holy moly, let's say that these things really are just a few hundred million years old. and they That's just a lot happen, of mass. They just happen to come out of one little bitty moon that's only 300 and some miles in diameter. That's kind of like the gigo to the max there. Yes. Again, the physics and the math don't work. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of mass in those rings. It doesn't come from one tiny little moon. One of, We've just stumbled upon one of the other great examples of a young solar system being Saturn's ring. Saturn's ring are beautiful things. They are exquisitely organized, and they've changed just in the past 40 years of our observation of showing that they're not static to where they would have just been there forever in some type of uniquely organized state for the last 4.6 billion years. Again, we see the wisdom of God and his writings in the Bible. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Daniel Harris, Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. By the way, this Dr. Harris is an astronomer. Oh, trained astronomer. Is that what you do? <laughs> I'm glad you told us. I was just kind of wondering about that. Oh, and speaking of Jupiter's moons, according to an article that Dr. Hebert wrote in ICR in August of this year, he mentioned that one of the moons is pockmarked with a whole bunch of meteor strikes or presumably something from space, and another one is smooth. Mm-hmm. Now, how can two moons that are billions of years old circling the same planet have a whole bunch of strikes on one of them, and the other one got a bunch of balls. Okay, so it got struck. How can that be, Dr. Harris? How can... Well, the evolutionist will tell you that there is a thin layer of ice on the surface of these things, and it can flip over, and so the side that doesn't have the, the pock marks on it you know, is the one that, that shows on the top, and that's how they explain it. But again, when you see a very smooth surface, it shows activity, whether it be volcanic, water activity, whatever. That's one of the fascinating things that was just found recently when we got to Pluto and found a 
smooth side or smooth area on that planet showing activity in a planetoid that should be old, cold, and dead. Another moon of Jupiter, Ganymede, is the largest moon in our solar system. Evolutionary models predicted it could not have a magnetic field, but space probes found that it did have one. But how could it have retained this for billions of years as per the long-age evolutionary model? They don't explain that. Okay. The problem that we have is that the standard model for the evolution is to explain a magnetic field is what's called a dynamo. A dynamo requires material that is liquid, fluid, moving in order to generate a magnetic field electrically charged material that is flowing. Well, the problem with that is that you've got this moon that should be old, cold, and dead. And of course, that's exactly what everybody told me when I was a graduate student. They said, everything's old, cold, and dead. When I was a graduate student, I suggested the possibility that water, water might be coming out of the moon. And it was a horrific idea to the evolutionists at the time. The idea that the moon, our moon, could possibly have water coming out of it. Oh, for shame, for shame. You can't say that. I was not allowed to talk about that. And yet the data show that we have water bound up in the soils of the moon. Exactly. Which again fits with the biblical creationist idea that everything was formed out of water and was formed cool, not in some type of magma event. You, Carl, mentioned earlier the great geysers coming out of Enceladus and how improbable it was that it was feeding the rings and making the rings of Saturn, etc. Another interesting point we talked about Io and its extreme amount of volcanism. If it was just erupting with 10% of what we're observing right now, in 4.6 billion years, it would have gushed out 40 times its own weight. <laughs> you know, so the, the models don't seem to work, do they? They don't seem to work unless these things are very young. Unless they're very young. Unless yes. they're very young. And smaller moons, Jupiter has some 79 small moons, and NASA lists over 50, the majority is having retrograde orbits. This means the orbit Jupiter in the opposite direction to which the Jupiter and the other Jupiter moons rotate. Dr. Orbit, Harris, orbit, they orbit, or, or they would say orbit. Yeah, why is this improbable or a difficult thing to view? Well, it, the capturing of a an object that was originally wandering through the solar system on its own by a planet generally occurs when the planet and the object produce a retrograde orbit. Retrograde is the thing that happens most often if you have a capture of an object. And what happens as a capture of an object? It comes into the gravity well of the planet in such a way that it approaches with a velocity that is small enough so that it can actually go through one of the range points and get captured. At just the right just the right speed, speed. just the right angle. Well, it doesn't have to be exactly the right angle, but it, can, but it has to be at approximately the right speed in order for that to happen. And the, the interesting thing about it is that those satellites will also be able to be liberated and sent on their way and travel on their own again at some later point. There's good evidence that that's exactly what happened to Venus. Venus was once a moon of Jupiter, and it is one of the reasons why there's so much chaos in the other moons of Jupiter, is because Venus was at one point an outer moon of Jupiter. In fact, the ancients, the Egyptians and the Mesopotamians, record that event when Venus left the vicinity of Jupiter and came towards the Earth. Hmm. And it, it's a well-documented thing from ancient history. How long would it have taken to, to move Venus? Yeah. A few years. Okay. But in terms, going back to the retrograde moons, 50 times? 
Does that seem probable, that that, that ballet of falling into orbit would occur? Oh, yeah. In fact, there's a very high likelihood that we have a collision between planets that produced what we call the now the planet Uranus. Uh, it's tilted on its side. Well, why is it tilted on its side? Because there was an encounter between it and another planet, and the resulting collision spread stuff throughout the solar system, and some of it got captured by Jupiter, some of it got captured by Saturn, and so on. There is video and a website I'd like to refer to you about this. It's called What You Aren't Being Told About Astronomy, Volume 1, Our Created Solar System. That's from Spike Basaris, who used to be a leader at JPL. That's available. Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yes. That's available at creationastronomy.com. That's creationastronomy.com, and it details 38 evidences of a young solar system. Excellent video. Consistent with the biblical account. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oak. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.